You're listening to The Better Angle on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Rob Domofsky, ESPN NFL Nation reporter, Packers reporter, that is, has been covering the Packers in Green Bay since 1997. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. How are things up in Green Bay? Not bad. We're through, I believe, four days of training camp, and the Packers finally have a day off tomorrow. I hope you get a day off as well. Yeah. With well, them. <laughs> partially at least. But I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, Kate. It's not like training camp used to be where they were in two-a-days every day for like the first two weeks. I mean, my, my first couple training camps here in the late 90s, early 2000s, they practiced 51 times in camp. I think this year they're at like 14 or 15 practices. Got to keep the players healthy. Yeah. Yep. Times are changing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Rob, I just saw on your Twitter, you just posted a story you wrote for ESPN.com, and you said that Jordan Love had the best practice of his training camp this year, maybe any of his camps. What are you seeing from Jordan Love? Yeah, I mean, I would say this, like, over the past three, four years, like, I can only think of a couple of times that I walked away from a practice uh, preseason game or, or a regular season game and was like, oh, man, yeah, this guy's got it. Uh, but today was one of those days. Now, obviously, you would like to see that more often from a guy who's going to be your starting quarterback and, and you know, hopefully the guy that you think is going to replace, um, you know, the, be the next in the line of, of two Hall of Famers and Favre and Rodgers. But he was, uh, he was pretty pedestrian the first few days of training camp. You know, accuracy wasn't great, wasn't hitting on deep balls. Um, but today, he, he was pinpoint. I mean, the throws he was making were right on the money, um, led a two-minute drive all the way down the field. Uh, I think he was 16 of 22, and at least two, if not three, were throw of the incompletions were throwaways. So, um, very, very good day for Jordan Love. It, it's the kind of thing that, you know, they want to see from him you know, on a regular basis. I mean, you know, covering Rodgers and even going back to Favre, this was the kind of stuff you'd see, you know, most days in training camp. Like, that that was the norm. Um, obviously, uh, Jordan Love's not there yet, but it certainly was uh, at least a, a bright spot and a good sign that, that he did it today. Rob, you also reported on a uh, confidence-boosting text that Love got from Aaron Rodgers about just him being himself and yeah. have fun and enjoy it. So do you think that played a part and just Jordan loves having a a great practice that you just witnessed. And then also just giving him the confidence to know that this is his team. And especially when you get a nod from a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I think it's more the, the, the latter cam. It's like, okay, you know, he's, he doesn't have to be Rodgers and, and, you know, he had a really good relationship with Rodgers as as bad as Rodgers felt about, and as unhappy he was about the Packers drafting love in 2020, he never took it out on him. Um, you know, by most accounts, they had a really good relationship. And, you know, I, I think by Aaron, basically, you know, he told him right after the trade in April, hey, I'm here for, for you if you need anything, if you reach out to me at any time. Uh, apparently the texts go through from uh, Love to Rogers, unlike the text from uh, Brian Gutekunst and the Packers to, to Rogers, where he said the only way to reach him is FaceTime. Uh, but but anyway, the uh, – uh, and and that, that most recent text came the night before training camp, so I think it was last Tuesday night or Wednesday. Uh, but I just think, you know, just knowing that, um, you know, he has the support of Rodgers helps a little bit. I mean, ultimately, the only thing that matters is how he goes out and plays. And, um, you know, I was talking to uh, a couple guys yesterday in the locker room, and the feeling was like, look, we think that he's going to be pretty good. But, you know, we don't know yet. And, and it's just a little too early to say what, what, what they have 
and not only love, but the entire offense, given how young they are. What's this defense going to look like this year? That's kind of been the issue for them the past yeah. couple seasons, to well, say the least. Yeah, it's, it's not for lack of talent. I mean, for the second straight year, I think they have eight first-round picks on defense. Uh, you know, it's just they have devoted resource after resource after resource to that side of the ball, and it has just not paid dividends. I mean, there's a ton of pressure on the defensive coaching staff, um, you know, specifically defensive coordinator Joe Barry, who's now in his third year. They did play pretty well um, the last portion of the season when they – you know, Packers got on that when they win five in a row to get themselves back to the point where they were at least playing for a playoff spot in week 17. Um, but, you know, when the team president, Mark Murphy, stood up at the shareholders meeting last week and said, you know, I think our defense might have to carry us for a little while early in the year while Jordan and the offense get going. I mean, as if there was any more pressure on this defense to perform, that certainly added to it. Rob, let's talk about the playoff hopes for Green Bay and yeah. uh, when people hear the word playoff and they associate it with Green Bay kind of seeing how things went last year they're yeah. not too keen on trying to uh, put any money down on that but you can get the Packers at plus 400 to win the NFC North and I think they have a really good chance of winning the North especially with some people's lack of expectations for this team so do you think that Green yeah. Bay can really open up everyone's eyes and be a playoff team? Well, look, they've got a chance um, to get off to a pretty good start. I mean, we all look at the schedule and think, you know, base everything off how teams were last year. But they open now two road games, but they're at Chicago, at Atlanta, you know, two two teams that obviously weren't great last year. And then they have home games against the Saints and Lions. So it's not exactly like, you know, they're playing, um, you know, the, the Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, you know, Cowboys in the first four or five weeks of the season. So they've got a chance to get off to a good start. And, you know, as you said, look, the NFC North, you know, there's a lot of questions about every team. I mean, I don't think Chicago is quite ready to make the jump yet. Um, you know, Detroit, were they for real last year? And, and by for real, I mean, they won nine. They were, they were only what, nine and eight. And, but I guess when I, when I talk about them, I, I'm wondering is nine and eight, was that the best it's going to be? Or was that, you know, a building block to what they can do? I, I, nobody really knows at this point. I mean, we, we may look back a couple of years from now and be like, yeah, that was as good as it got for the Lions, that one nine and eight season that they had under Dan Campbell. And then, you know, Minnesota, obviously they won a ton of games last year, but how, how many of them were like really close games that they just barely pulled out in the end? And, you know, again, Kirk Cousins is, seems like every year he's under pressure to, you know, to take a team far in the playoffs and, and hasn't done it. So, uh, when you look at all that, I mean, it sure does seem like this division is up for grabs. Now, whether the Packers can take it or not is going to depend on, you know, what those things we talked about with love and the defense. And that kind of goes alongside their win total this year. I mean, a lot of questions, defense, love, all of that jazz. But that yeah. total's sitting at seven and a half. I would be tempted yeah. to take the over just based on what you've said out of uh, what you've seen out of camp so far and the fact that the division is kind of wide open. Is that fair to do? Yeah. I mean, it's a really good number. I mean, they, they, these guys these guys are good at this stuff. And, you know, I, I said I thought they could win between seven and ten games this year. Obviously, that's a big range. But, um, you know, I, I don't think they win less than seven. But, you know, can they get to eight, nine, or ten? Uh, you, know, it's, 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 you know, we'll see. Um, you know, they've got they, – they don't have – a star for Jordan love yet. Like, I mean, they don't have a Devonte Adams. Um, they do have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in the backfield. And, and those guys are accomplished running backs, especially 
Aaron Jones in his seventh year has done a lot in this league. But I, I just don't know if there's a guy, you know, and they've had guys here in the past, whether it's Jordy Nelson or Greg Jennings or, you know, so on and so on with this receiver group. I just don't know who that guy is that's going to elevate this offense um, to the next level. Maybe Christian Watson is. I mean, he's a big play, deep threat receiver, but he only really did it for half the season last year. They liked Romeo Dobbs, their other rookie receiver that played a lot last year, but but he got hurt midway through the year and hasn't put together a full season yet. And then they drafted a kid in the second round, Jaden Reed, who's had a nice start to camp and they think is going to be probably their slot receiver. But you just don't know if any of these guys have the ability to be like, okay, this is our guy. Uh, you know, this is who we're going to build our offense around. And, and you know, if, if they find a guy like that, yeah, I could see them being successful. If they don't, you know, they, they might not be very good on offense this year. And, and here's the other thing I, I, I think is worth reminding everyone is that Aaron Rodgers, as good as he turned out to be, and really as good as he was his first year as a starter in 2008, he threw 28 touchdowns and threw for over 4,000 yards. They were 6-10 and 10 that season. So, you know, just because a quarterback plays well or doesn't play well um, in their first year doesn't necessarily equate to team success in this case. Rob, let's talk a little uh, Matt LaFleur, because we talked about the pressure and expectations for Jordan Love, but – it feels like with his situation as head coach for the Packers, and you see it every single year since he's been the head coach, except for last season where they finished under 500 and he only finished with eight, eight wins the first time in his head coaching tenure that the Packers finished lower than double-digit wins. What do you expect from him, and especially trying to make sure that Jordan Love is comfortable in those offensive schemes for the Packers and making sure that this team definitely gets stacks up those Ws? It's a great point, and, and one thing you've heard a lot all offseason is – okay, now we're going to finally get to see Matt LaFleur's offense. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers was just, he was so different that, you know, you could do a lot of things or or Aaron could just do a lot of things on his own, maybe outside of the structure of the offense. And and sometimes that produced some really, really amazing plays. And sometimes it frustrated the heck out of the coaches because Rodgers wasn't running what they were calling. So, um, you know, it's funny because Matt LaFleur has kind of like denied that and said, oh, no, 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 there's there's no such thing as – my offense but I want to take you back to Mark Murphy when I was talking about uh, with his the team president's address to to the shareholders last week he even said I think we'll see more of Matt LaFleur's offense now and if you remember this guy was hired out of the Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay coaching tree Um, and and you know those guys are considered the you know probably the foremost experts on on the new wave of offense in the NFL so um, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see just how different they look offensively. What do you expect to see out of Aaron Rodgers in a new system <laughs> with the New York yeah. Jets this year? Well, I mean, look, I, I said this all last year. I never saw a decline in any of Aaron Rodgers' like talent, whether it was like arm strength, uh, ability to move, anything like that. He had the broken thumb, which may have affected him a little bit, but if you go back and look at the last game against Detroit, I mean, he was still throwing the ball hard and, and, and relatively accurately. I, I think he's still got a lot of good football left in, left in him, especially in the regular season. But when's the last time you really thought, man, that guy had a dominant playoff game? I, I would probably go back to the 2016 game in Dallas, the uh, divisional round game, where, the, where he threw that late pass to Jared Cook on the sideline and they took a field goal and end up going to the NFC Championship game. Since then, I mean, he's really been kind of mediocre in the playoffs. So I guess that's a long way of saying I think he's going to probably have a really good regular season. 
might win a playoff game, but I have a hard time seeing him being able to put it together game after game to make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, and it's going to be tough in that division in the AFC East, Rob, with the Buffalo Bills there, of no course, doubt. with the Miami Dolphins, who are going to be playing with a big chip on their shoulders trying to impress some people. But what are your thoughts just on the AFC and, and who comes out uh, of that division one? But then could we see possibly another team upsetting Kansas City and being the new representative in the AFC East for the Super Bowl? Or the yeah, AFC, I was really excuse looking, me. yeah, no, I was really looking forward to uh, – uh, seeing the Bengals up close and personal. The Packers have joint practices with them in a couple of weeks in Cincinnati, but it looks like Joe Burrow, you know, probably won't be back by then. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit hard to tell, but I, I was really kind of looking forward to seeing, you know, just how, how Cincinnati has sort of progressed and, you know, fix some of their issues, especially on the offensive line that, you know, hurt them a couple of years ago when they did get that far. Um, but, you know, I've seen the, the Packers played Buffalo in recent years. Obviously, we know the talent there. They played Kansas City. Um, you know, I, and, and they played Miami last year um, on Christmas down in Miami. And You know, it's just they, they've seen a lot of these. I've seen a lot of these really good AFC teams the last couple of years. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know that there's a lot that separates them. You know, and, and heck, you got to throw, you know, a team like the Chargers in there, too, with, with you know, what Justin Herbert's been able to do. So, um, I just think like you, you could probably sit here right now and maybe we'd be wrong, but you could probably sit here right now and say, you know, the, the NFC Super Bowl participants going to be one of two teams or two, you know, two or three teams in the AFC. I think you could legitimately say there's five, six, seven teams that could, could come out of there and go to the Super Bowl.